welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Joseph has been a kind of a big part of my family's life for quite a while. Um, before I even met him, my husband uh, was really into woodworking, and they he called his shop like the products from his shop. It was all from Saint Joseph's shop or Saint Joe's shop, and um, so that was just kind of the first kind of entrance that to um, to where he's almost become kind of like the patron of our family, although we haven't really fully discussed that it's just kind of something that has kind of happened um over the years like this year even before um uh pope francis uh declared the year of saint joseph like the school year we had kind of unofficially titled our homeschool the um, saint joseph workshop for kids who want to terrorize demons and learn how to do other things good too (laughs) (laughs) uh it's a little bit of a mouthful (laughs) um but that's how my kids feel about our homeschool teacher <laughs> that I am the terror of demons. <laughs> <laughs> that, that has to be my, my favorite title of St. Joseph, <laughs> terror of demons. Um, we, uh, so we've, we've kind of incorporated St. Joseph into our family life quite a bit. My husband, um, he's taught me a lot about like what it means to be a father. Um, my dad had, some issues and he, he was he was he was the best dad he could be but he passed away in 2013 and before that he suffered from dementia and had um years of some mental illness um and so his his example was not always um what you would what what god's example what you know what we want as a what's the what's the term i'm looking for just that model of fatherhood yes yeah and, and so Jamie's really taught me, uh, my husband, I don't know if we <laughs> talk about names or anything, um, but my husband's really uh, taught me more about how God wants fathers to be, and, and, and through St. Joseph, because, you know, God gave us St. Joseph as well. Um, he chose St. Joseph, and um, I was just talking to my kids about this earlier. My seven-year-old I pointed out, uh, well, St. Joseph wasn't perfect. I was like, well, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he's like, he sinned because we know that like he's, you know, he wasn't, you know, without sin. I was like, yeah, he did. Um, and that's okay. We all sin. And I think that for me, having that model of, of, um, of parenthood that even though he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't say anything in the Bible, but he listened to what God told him to do. And he, and he acted, and um, he took care of of Jesus and Mary. And I really have been meditating on that a lot lately. And that was one thing that I had been thinking about lately, is that we always hear about Mary's fiat. And I didn't really think about it much until lately, about how important Joseph's yes was, too. I mean... There's several philosophies on why he was going to back out of their marriage. There's some that, well, he didn't, 
you know, she had maybe been unfaithful or um, that type of um, situation. But others also um, say that he knew exactly what was happening and he didn't find himself worthy enough to have that much responsibility to be um, Mary's protector. And so like, either way, regardless of what camp you're in, whether St. Joseph was worried about infidelity or whether he was worried about being the protector of the new Ark of the Covenant, his yes was just as important as Mary's because without it, his yes solidified Jesus's lineage from David. And so to fulfill that prophecy, his yes was also needed. I just never thought about how powerful that was until recently. Yeah, I, okay, I want to kind of start roundabout and you'll see where I'm going with this. But, um, so I've been really into the royal family lately. (laughs) (laughs) I watched their Oprah interview and felt really sorry for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And then I read this book by one of the royal autobiographers and I was like, man, these guys are kind of jerks. And I, I don't know what the story is, right? I don't know, you know what is the truth here. But um, one of the things that really struck me is as I'm reading from the royal perspective, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like their criticism of why won't Prince Harry and Meghan Markle just be humble and do things the way that we're doing things. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing myself in the royal couple (laughs) in in not a good way. (laughs) And like, man, I don't have this humility. I feel like my special gifts are not being used or whatever, you know? And um, when I was just right before we were recording, I was going back through a talk that I had heard about St. Joseph. And um, one of the things that I had written down was the speaker said, think about Joseph was a carpenter and he couldn't even make his son a cradle. You know, like how humbling would that have been? His special talents are not used at the most important event in history. It's just that he has to submit and be humble and go with the flow kind of thing, but that it wasn't um, unnoticed, you know? And some, I, for some reason that has hit me where I'm at today, where I've just felt like, oh man, am I being a jerk about, I just want all my special talents to be used and to make a difference in this world or whatever. When the Lord is saying like, no, no, you just say yes and I will... You know, it's almost the reverse. Like, let me be the gift instead of just always thinking that I have to do the gifts. And St. Joseph is the perfect model of that, that he didn't get to use a special skill in the most (laughs) memorable thing in the entire world. Nobody was like, wow, Joseph, that's such a great cradle that you made. You know, it's like you laid him in a what? (laughs) In a manger, you know? (laughs) And I think that that's a really important um, reflection about just how impactful he was in a quiet way mm-hmm. well even the trust he had to have because mary gabriel appeared to her in like in front of her mm-hmm. and he like she saw him like right there joseph got a dream mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right. like um you should still take mary as your wife okay you should take mary and jesus to egypt okay <laughs> you know it's just like i mean how much trust does that take in God's plan that this dream tells you that this is important and you say, okay, God, 
this, this has to be important because you told me in the dream. I don't think I would do many things that I was been told in the dream or have sent, done in the dream, you know. My <laughs> spouse would not have done it. If I woke up and I was like, David, I had a dream and an angel told me that we need to pack up right now and flee to Egypt. David would have been like, you silly, 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 <laughs> silly woman. Like, go back to sleep. <laughs> you know? just, uh, he's such a great example of, like you said, being humble, trusting in God's plan. You know, saying yes, just picking his family up and caring for them and protecting them. A lot of times we think of uh, St. Joseph as, you know, being that fatherly model, but I love the different things that we're talking about in terms of really ourselves. Like, it, he, he's a model for all of us. Um, something that I've been really working on is <laughs> the virtue of meekness and... Um, containing anger <laughs> and you know, the example of saint joseph when you know when he finds out that mary is is expecting and you know uh stacy pointed this out a little bit like there's some different camps on like um what what the backstory is on this but um that divorcing quietly i mean he could have really just been like uh no woman you uh be- you betrayed me and he and at that time he really had I guess the the right I guess it was to um, to expose her. Um, I mean, you think of that time period. Even thing we think of other stories. Well, not only expose her, but condemn her to death. Right. She yeah. Stoned. Right. Yeah. And um, but he didn't. And even before he had the dream, like he um, he controlled that, and he he did. He cho- he chose another another way, and and so there's. Um, one of the one of the qualities that's always attributed to Saint Joseph is meekness, and so I've been really working on that. And myself, I, I struggle um, with my with my kids. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and speaking well, of kids, you know, that's something else that I was reading lately is that you know we always talk about praying to Mary because Jesus did what she asked him to. And we talked about the wedding in Cana where he's like, this isn't my time. And she's like, just do what he tells you. And then walks off because she knows that he's <laughs> going to listen to her. But God chose to put Joseph at the head of that family. And so Jesus listened to Joseph too. Mm-hmm. He t- learned from him. He learned how to be a Jewish male. He had authority over Jesus. I mean, God chose Joseph to have that authority. And so, I again, I got, you know, Joseph before recently has always just been this carpenter guy who, you know, yes, he's important because the Holy Family is holy. And But I never thought about how him and Mary are very equal. And I mean, like, there's different roles, but they're equally important. In the hierarchy of heaven, because he had original sin, Mary would still, you know, revered higher than he would be. But he's pretty high up there. And actually, they say that when the angel does address Joseph, it's a, something like Joseph, son of David, right? And it, that it should have been son of Jacob is what I was reading that, um, but the angel like gives him this kingship, you know, and that they're just, God is just pouring out his gifts upon Joseph, this humble carpenter who is now, 
you know, the most famous father, you know, in the world who doesn't get any lines in scripture, you know, doesn't get any big heroic things other than just, um, really protecting. That's what, you know, it's, it is meekness, but it's also that protectiveness. And when you contrast that with, you know, Adam and Eve, where Adam is not protecting Eve, Adam kind of lets Eve go off by herself with the snake and then he takes the fruit too. And, you know, um, she made me do it. Yeah. (laughs) She made me do it. Like he throws her under the bus. Whereas, you know, even when Joseph was going to divorce Mary quietly, he's not going to throw her under the bus. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something very pure and, and beautiful about his love for Mary, but also his love for probably just woman and child in general that appeals to the gift of fatherhood that God's given him, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. And what he learned about being a man, he learned in that workshop with St. Joseph, like learning, you know, growing up there. We can learn a lot about St. Joseph by looking at the life of Jesus as well. And they say, you know, my husband always points out, you know, when um, Jesus was lost in the temple and the leaders, when, when Jesus is in the temple, they're astounded by him. And David always says, you know, well, where did he learn what he learned that where he's astounding these people, he learned this from his parents. And what did his parents have going for them was a very strong prayer life. And that's something that all of us have access to. Even when we feel like we don't, we do have that access to building a strong prayer life that our children one day will go into church and astound people. Mine do, but but not in a good way yet. (laughs) About my children. (laughs) Well, and then even talking about church and the sacraments, he played a big role in that too. Because when we talk about being Catholic, the summit of our religion is the Eucharist, and that is the closest that we'll be to God is when we receive the Eucharist. And St. Joseph was the first one to protect the living bread. You know, King David had the job of protecting the heavenly bread, the manna and the Ark of the Covenant. Like I said, he thought that was too much and put the Ark away, which is what some people say that Joseph was thinking about doing with Mary. Like he knew that this was what was happening and he thought it was too much. But instead of being like King David and pushing the the new Ark of the Covenant, Mary, away, he protected the living bread, which is Jesus Christ, which is who we have in the Eucharist. And so, you know, our summit of our whole religion was protected by this man Mm. as a small child. Yeah, and I think Joseph wasn't an accident. God just didn't put Joseph and Mary together so that Mary wouldn't get stoned, right? Um, no, but the you know the reason why Jesus was conceived and Mary was a virgin was specifically for the incarnation purposes, not just to avoid a sex act between Joseph and Mary. It was like, this is the incarnation, and their purity was so important to be that tabernacle for Jesus. And... You know, there was this Indian priest one time that said, um, 
And his act, a very strong accent, it was so funny. Just, he's like, you wouldn't want anything to do with her, you know, if you were Joseph. Like, why is it so hard to believe that Joseph was pure? You know, their their prayer life was so strong, but it was to protect this gift. But they were in it fully together. This wasn't an accident to pick Joseph. Um, God came into the world through a family to redeem family because he is family through the Trinity. My husband this year is also doing like Stacy the um, the consecration of Saint Joseph by uh, using Father, Father Calloway, yeah. and um, he's leading a kind of abbreviated version with our family every day. Um, he we either he or the seven year old um, reads part of the passage, not the whole thing, because some of them are like fifteen pages long, mm-hmm. um, and then our seven year old will. Uh, lead the litany St. Joseph every day and it's been a really fruitful thing for our family um, I have I have three boys and so that example of St. Joseph to them like and you know and, and from their dad like he's the one lead, you know who who has started this um, has been a really a really big blessing but it's also been kind of funny because we've we've had some different conversations um, the five-year-old likes to ask me, like, what does chaste mean? <laughs> um, so far, we haven't gotten asked, what is a virgin? But I'm waiting for it. Because <laughs> we, we haven't fully discussed, you know, they've heard it when we talk about the Virgin Mary, but we haven't fully discussed what that means. <laughs> but I'm waiting for it, especially from the five-year-old, because he's the, he's the one who really picks up on things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, it's been really fruitful now, because they also ask, like, what is a guardian? Um, and we discuss that more than just the guardians of the galaxy, um, <laughs> and what that means within the church and within our family or, you know, within the Holy family. And it's just been a really big blessing to, to see my, my kids kind of, you know, really enjoy, um, that, that part of our, our prayers. Um, usually we do that. Uh, we pray the litany together and read the little passage at dinner time. Sometimes it's other times, um, and so it's just become a just one of our rituals, and it's been really, really enjoyable in our family. And I am really grateful for my husband for um, bringing that up and like starting that with the kids, and not just that. Be- I mean, I appreciate that he's doing it on his own too, but um, having that incorporating into our family life has been really great. Yeah, it's something that I really like too. That I think is modeled in a subtle way, but like Joseph is the one that whenever they're moving, he's always there, you know? Um, so moving, um, in the sense of you're going to take Mary as your into your home and you're going to then go to Bethlehem and find a place for them. And then you're going to, um, go to Egypt and then you got to search for him in the temple. Like he's there in these moving parts. And I feel like in my marriage, I trust the grace that God gives my husband in those big moving decisions. Like we've talked about being submissive to your husband. um, And what does that mean? It means being under the same mission. Um, But sometimes I have found in, in my relationship and you guys, like I am a control freak. Like I want to be in charge of things. I know that I can do better. You know, that's my bad attitude. Um, but there's a grace sometimes when my husband says, Hey, I think we are called to move to Kansas. And then 
I prayed when, when I was feeling on my heart, like we might be called to move to Oklahoma. I said, Lord, you have to tell David, like, I'm going to trust this decision to David. And David said in prayer that he was getting very strong, um, prayer vibes that we were supposed to come to Oklahoma and those, yes, (laughs) we had dreams. I had three signs. It's a long story, but anyways, um, but in very, very large decisions affecting the vision of our family, I have found that David has that grace to make those decisions. And I'm the ponderer in my heart, like weighing things back and forth and praying and mulling things over. And he has, is usually the one to act and say, you know, I think that the Lord's calling our family to do this. And I think that that comes from his relationship with St. Joseph, his relationship with the Lord, um, that I see that modeled sometimes in, in Joseph and Mary. And I just so much appreciate that um, that grace that Joseph was given to put into motion the vision for the, his family. And I think that David, my husband, I can see how God uses that same grace in him, which is different than Mary and different graces that I receive. But you were talking about the royal family, and I was like, oh, this talks about something in the book about that. And there's a whole section called the Consecrated Night, and how Joseph is, you know, we think of Mary as queen, and he was the knight assigned to protect her. And he's also the first one consecrated to Mary. Because, you know, we talk about Mary and consecration. There's a really nice passage in here about, um, let's see, St. Joseph is the model for total consecration to Mary long before chivalry when Jesus commanded all of his disciples to take Mary into their hearts and homes, St. Joseph had already taken Mary into his heart and into his home. She is his heart. She is his home. Everything he did was done for Jesus and Mary. He lived and died for Jesus and Mary. Huh. But just That's awesome. And, you know, going back to that, that chaste relationship that they would have had, I think our culture just cannot understand that. They cannot fathom that um, because we equate love and sex, but um, that he literally gave his life for Mary and she for him and then Jesus for all of us. Um, That sacrificial love that's so pure, that's so... Um, the complete fulfillment of desire of our hearts is something that we we strive for through our prayer lives, but it's something that um, when you can peel away the culture and what the culture says love is, and you see, wow, this this is truly love. There's the gift of self. Then I think that all of a sudden that relationship becomes not just a possibility, but like admirable, you know, and awe-inspiring. In the letter of um, St. Francis, when he declared the coming this year as being the year of St. Joseph, um, I was just going to touch, like, I was going to read part of what he said about, uh, specifically about the chasteness, like calling him the, the most chaste father, and I just really liked how this was put. Um, it says, being a father entails introducing children to life and reality, not holding them back, being overprotective or possessive but rather making them capable of deciding for themselves, enjoying freedom, and exploring new possibilities. Perhaps for this reason, Joseph is traditionally called a most chaste father. That title is not simply a sign of affection, but the summation of an attitude 
that is the opposite of possessiveness. Chastity is freedom from possessiveness in every sphere of one's life. Only when love is chaste, it is truly love. A possessive love ultimately becomes dangerous. It imprisons, constricts, and makes for misery. God himself loved humanity with a chaste love. He left us free even to go astray and set ourselves against him. The logic of love is always the logic of freedom. And Joseph knew how to love with an extraordinary freedom. He never made himself the center of things. He did not think of himself, but focused instead on the lives of Mary and Jesus. I just love that because we always think of chasteness just in terms of like sexuality. Um, but mm -hmm. really, I mean, and, and that ties into it, but it's that it's not possessive. Like you're, I, I just love how they put that. It's not possessive here. It's that, that freedom from possessiveness in every sphere of one's life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, St. Joseph is really a beautiful model of that to all of us. And that, um, and that recognizing that he did not possess Mary. They were married and they did have a, you know, a unity, but he didn't possess her. He did, you know, so, and so accepting that, that freedom. I just, I, I just, I don't know. I really liked how that was worded. Yeah. That was very beautiful. Uh, I think it ties well with what Noelle was saying earlier with how, you know, people always talk about submission, but it's the same mission. Mm -hmm. And they were on the same mission. They were both bringing Christ into the world. He was, he was the protector, she was the nurturer, and they worked together to bring us the living bread of Christ. And without either one of them, we wouldn't be Christian. We wouldn't be Catholic. <laughs> I mean, like, we wouldn't it'd be a very different story. It'd be a very different story. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed in our talk are these characteristics or virtues that all of us, men or women, I mean, this is a directed toward, you know, our podcast is directed toward women, and we are talking about a male figure today, but he is still a model for us with those virtues of meekness and chastity and patience and his readiness to follow God's plan for him and his family, even though it was not what he had planned. I mean, we see that in the very first where he's like, um, I'm not so sure I should marry this girl. I mean, we see that that's not, that was not his plan, but he's willing to follow it because that was God's plan. And so this willingness to say yes to God, the prayer life that they had together as a family, Jesus amazing the people in the temple. These are all things that all of us, men and women, can strive for. Yeah, and one of the things Scott Hahn writes about in his book, The First Society, is that um, think of the humility of Jesus too, that we know that Mary was perfect, that Mary was sinless, but that Joseph was not. And so that God would humble himself to be obedient mm -hmm. to man that is pretty incredible. And just the pressure that Joseph, you know, could have felt, but yet just staying that close to Jesus, you know, um, that's another thing in that book, the first society that, um, you know, Mary and Joseph had the benefit of being this close to Jesus face to face every single day. And we have that same ability. So there, we can't make excuses for our spiritual life. Like Joseph and Mary had strong prayer lives. They were with, literally with Jesus every day, but we can be too. You're going to end today with the litany of St. Joseph. 
So, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ hear us. Christ graciously hear us. God the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the Virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the Son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Joseph most just, pray for us. Joseph most chaste, pray for us. Joseph most prudent, pray for us. Joseph most courageous, pray for us. Joseph most obedient, pray for us. Joseph most fruitful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of the dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church, pray for us. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household and and prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. St. Joseph, pray pray for us. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.